Welcome to Plex Weather. Sort of. Uh, I'm Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. I promised you good folks an episode before the next game. Said I wanted to get into a regular rhythm with these, which was kind of based on the Spirits schedule. This is not quite that, but it is something. Um, so I, I'm I'm thinking of it as an incomplete episode. And, you know, in full disclosure of the issue at hand here is mostly uh, I had a specific player in mind that I wanted to speak to. Uh, the spirit worked hard to try and make her available. She had other very much more important than podcasting uh, things to take care of to help make sure that she could be playing soccer, which is kind of the whole point of this whole enterprise. And we couldn't quite make it work. I then sort of held on hope that I could maybe fit it in while the spirit were traveling for their game this weekend or this weekend. Uh, this Friday, tomorrow, probably today, if you're listening to this in time for the game, probably today, uh, against a team that I'm going to continue to call Rossing Louisville and not racing. So I was hoping to catch catch them maybe at the airport, maybe after getting the hotel. Uh, it just didn't quite work out. Apparently, the trip to Louisville is not particularly easy. Uh, there's a, a flight to Cincinnati, I believe, involved, and then some other method to get to Louisville. I'm not exactly sure. I just know it was difficult uh, and there wasn't a lot of downtime where it would have been convenient. That player, I'm going to leave you in suspense. That player is going to be speaking to me with uh, for the next episode, uh, which will be further from kickoff than, than this one. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, my, my error here was definitely hanging on too long to the hope that I could maybe make it work. Uh, and sometimes you've just got to realize you've run out of time and accept your fate. Uh, and I sometimes get a little stubborn uh, and get a little dumb. And then we end up, it's 11, 11, 18 PM the night before a game. And I'm recording this. I'm just starting this now. So my bad uh, on that, but I hope that this little episode with just me, there's no, there's no one coming to help me out here. Hopefully this is uh, an acceptable uh, tide over. I don't, I don't know if a tide over is even a thing. Um, hopefully this, this helps. Uh, it's not nothing. I didn't want to just leave it with nothing and be like, oh, well, what, what could you do? Uh, what I could do is record this incomplete episode. So briefly, I'll, I'll talk about the Spirit's last game. Just some, some basic thoughts. I would love to have someone to bounce off of, but I left it too late. Like I said, the Spirit tied Orlando in their, their season opener, 1-1. Ashley Hatch, uh, 76-minute goal. Alex Morgan with an equalizer for Orlando in the 84th minute. I'm pretty sure these goals were not scored with the space ball, which is the game the game kicked off with the ball that Orlando sent into space. The space ball didn't appear to do any of the terrifying uh, things that I saw people joking about. No one transformed. No one became a mutant. Uh, no one gained superpowers that I know of from the space ball. In fact, not a lot really happened with the space ball, if we're being honest, because the first half you know, kind of not super eventful. We did get to see what Richie Burke would do with close to a full strength team. This isn't everybody, but it's very close to everybody. As close as they're probably going to get all season, you know, Bailey Feist and Avery Collins were the two players out for this game. They're not going to be around this year because of their ACL injuries, but this was pretty much it. Everyone else was uh, available to some degree. Um, and so we saw a lineup with uh, Aubrey Bledsoe in goal, uh, back four, kind of, kind of familiar. You've seen, you've kind of thought about this for a little while. 
Tori Huster at right back. She got the assist on the goal. I thought she had a pretty good game all around. Um, kind of kind of quiet, but maybe giving away some speed to Sydney LaRue. And yet, I don't think that mismatch uh, speed-wise ended up being much of a factor, despite Orlando being perfectly willing to go direct, which is maybe the, the style you would play if you wanted to make that uh, speed issue come up. Um, we got Paige Nielsen and Sam Staub back together, the dynamic duo in effect. Kelly O'Hara went 66 minutes despite a the ongoing treatment for an, a knee bruise that was uh, apparently pretty substantial, um, but she's she's playing through it, looked fine, got forward several times. I think she had a couple shots uh, from despite playing as a fullback, so uh, no real change in what she's going to bring to the table. Maybe the interesting thing with this lineup, one of the two major ones, the midfield. Uh, we saw Emily Sonnet playing as a defensive midfielder, allowing Andy Sullivan to move up. Uh, she and Dorian Bailey both played as uh, free eights uh, is the best way to describe those roles. I've been telling people for a few years now that I believe Sonnet might be best as a ball-winning midfielder, not even as a defender. So when the lineup came out, I mean, as as with many people, this lineup could have been many different things. We're talking about, I think I'm counting what, five players that have appeared uh, as center back uh, in the last three years in this lineup, or six. I'm forgetting the time that Sullivan had to play there for for um, after a red card. So lots of potential center backs, lots of potential wing backs. Uh, it's, it's a very versatile squad, and so it could have gone a bunch of different ways. But when I saw that Sonnet was in the midfield, I was very interested. And I think it looked, for a first time that we've seen it, I thought it looked really good. Um, there were a couple moments of you know, the midfield shape getting a little discombobulated. But if you notice, Marta didn't really get very much done against the Spirit, which we're used to Marta scoring like two brilliant goals against the Spirit. So that's definitely a, a big plus. It allows Son or, uh, Sullivan to be more part of the attack, which we know is a point of emphasis for her, something she's capable of. I don't know if we're going to carry on seeing it this this game tomorrow. Yeah, I'm doing scare quotes by myself here. But yeah, uh, we'll get into that when we move on to the second game. Up front, uh, Sayori Takarada was on the right, Trinity Rodman in the middle, Ashley Sanchez on the left. Richie Burke has said in the preseason that wide attacking role is kind of uh, a wide attacking role is kind of what he was looking for when the Spirit became interested in signing Takarada. Japan, however, due to their own needs uh, and also some observations from what I understand, some observations that they saw uh, during Takarada's last season in the Nadeshko League. Uh, they moved her to center back and they've been sort of, there's an, a back and forth between them. Definitely not, no animosity that I've sensed, but they would like Takarada to play some games at center back. Uh, Richie did say that after the game that she's going to be heading off to the Olympics pretty soon. Uh, I believe it'll be only these next couple of games before um, the next time the spirit play Orlando, she will already be gone. Um, so it's not very long before she'll be with Japan for quite a while heading into the Olympics. Uh, I think, I think I listed this out and I think it was eight games that she'll be gone. Assuming she comes back when the Olympic tournament ends, I might've even miscounted that now as I'm saying it. So she'll be gone for a while. And the spirit Richie Burke said, he wanted to make sure that she got a look at this attacking role before she left. He wanted it sort of marinating for her 
for down the road because this is where they want to have her play. And he did describe this. Um, I said right wing, left wing. He really described it more as two tens. So think of this as a very narrow. If you want to really go there, like a four three two one almost, with Takarada and Sanchez kind of narrow and underneath Rodman. Um, but then obviously in defensive phases, having to get out wide and cover that space. So it's a, it's a demanding role. I thought she acquitted herself pretty well. Um, I thought she was pretty decently involved, if not quite able to generate a lot. Ashley Hatch replaced her at halftime. They went to a more conventional 4-3-3 where uh, Rodman and Sanchez were further wide at that point. I think, uh, you know, Hatch, very important for her to score a goal. I think really critical uh, that she got a goal. Been a tough preseason. She's been dealing with a couple injuries. Uh, she one of the reasons she didn't start this game was due to a back problem that they're looking after. She went down with what looked like an ankle injury. She was trying to loosen her ankle while sitting on the ground, uh, having uh, I'm what I'm sure was a very polite chat with the referee about how there wasn't a foul called for Hatch getting a goal. Uh, I think huge for the mental side for her, huge for her confidence um, and, and really huge for the spirit because they need someone confident in front of goal. That's kind of the missing ingredient. Uh, we talked about this. Andre and I talked about this on the last episode, the last real episode. If she can, if she can get confident and she can get rolling, uh, I think this team can actually be a real threat because they've got the other ingredients. It's all there. They just need this last piece. The other, the other things I, I want to point out, you know, Jordan DiBiase played 19 minutes in this one. Great to see her back uh, on the field. Uh, Richie, said that it's a big, big emotional moment for the team after the game. Uh, for her in particular, it's been, I think, I think it's 10 months of not being able to play, uh, something like that. The hip surgery she underwent in the offseason is uh, it's no joke. Uh, any hip surgery is no joke, but this was even, you know, my understanding, not being a doctor, uh, was that it's a pretty, pretty significant procedure. And the fact that she's back out there after, you know, a really grueling rehab, a lot of time spent away from the team uh, in Colorado with um, some specialists in that department. Really big for the team and also, uh, you know, a player that they need, a player that can add something very different uh, in the midfield from the rest of the group. She is that more of that number 10. Everyone else, there are players that can play the 10, but DiBiase is a 10. She's not having to change herself to do that job. It's just where she should be. So it's still going to be a slow play. It doesn't sound like this is not going to be one of the situations where a player plays 15, 20 minutes and the next week they play 30 to 45. And then the week after that, they're starting. Uh, it sounds, I mean, I could be wrong, but it sounds to me like this is going to be, we might see a few more cameo, you know, 15, 20 minutes um, because they are, they're taking it slow. They want to make sure that she is built back up properly and without a risk of a relapse or undoing all the work that went into this hip surgery. So really good to see her out there, you know, getting her back in the starting lineup will be great, but that might be something for not even June. It's almost the end of May already. So maybe more think July, it sounds like, hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe it happens sooner, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen sooner right now. We also saw a spirit debut for Tara McKeown. Uh, it is not McCune. It's apparently not Mickeyone either, as the Pac-12 announcers seem to go. 
So I, I hopefully I got it right. I think I got it. Um, I have been listening to team made pronunciations available uh, to media. And I, I think that's very cool of the team uh, to look after their players like that and let them uh, have that, that option to put their, the actual pronunciation out and their pronouns, because these are things that it's just a basic matter of respect. And it's good that uh, we're getting that information on the media side, because sometimes people just don't know. And, you'd be surprised at how hard it is to actually get that information. So the spirit of making it very easy to get that information, very helpful uh, to the players and to uh, lowly media nerds like myself. She will not be available, however, for tonight's, it's almost tonight, it's still tomorrow, it's, still, it's only 11.30. She won't be available. She is actually going back to California to graduate, to uh, walk, get her diploma at USC. The team, you know, Richie said that the team actually um, agreed to that stipulation before she signed the contract that she would be allowed to do this. So big moment for her and difficult for her not to be here for the spirit for one game, but you got to let someone have this moment in their life. Um, and, and I'm sure she'll be back. Richie said that she might've even started this game if she were available for it. So um, obviously it's been very impressive from her. She didn't have much time to do much in this game, her and, uh, Julia Rotter came in for three minutes plus stoppage time. So they didn't really get much of a uh, a chance to really break the game open, but good for them to get their feet wet for, for Rotter. I don't want to shortchange her, her NWSL regular season debut after playing in the challenge cup, not her spirit debut. If we want to get real technical, she's already done that. The only other sub I'm leaving out, Tegan McGrady came in for uh, Kelly O'Hara in the 66 minute. I am really interested because it's really, to me, it's tough to to set up a lineup that doesn't include McGrady. And I do wonder what the Spirit are going to do. This is maybe a good way for me to pivot. Uh, I've, I've stumbled into it um, to this next game against Louisville. Something the Spirit are going to have to sort out here. Uh, Paige Nielsen is also not going to, she's not on the trip. She's having an ongoing problem with her thigh, it sounds like. Uh, she did play the 90 minutes against Orlando. And it sounds like that maybe aggravated something. I don't know too much about it. Uh, Richie didn't really go on at length. He just, he did confirm that she wouldn't be a part of uh, the group to travel for this one. Um, and that makes a big difference. That means you have to start to look at, you know, is it Sonnet moving back? Uh, is it Takarada moving back? Or, you know, maybe, you know, if, if you move Sonnet back, maybe you move O'Hara to the right, you start McGrady. Uh, to get her onto the field because she's a starting caliber player pretty much on any team in the league. You you move O'Hara to the right, and then you put Houston in the midfield where she played really well in the preseason. She had some good moments in the Challenge Cup as well, I think um, specifically against uh, Louisville. Um, it was her uh, really breaking their midfield to create the, uh, the attacking move that became the Spirits' uh, late game winner in that one. So that's an interesting dynamic to watch out for, what they're going to do to replace Nielsen. That versatility, it really opens up a lot of options. It'd be very easy for the Spirit to then, you know, to play Takarada there and say, hey, look, you know, the Japanese national team's like, look, we we played her as an attacker, but she's back in the defense. She, she'll get in the rhythm of that before she heads off with you. Their long-term plan still definitely have her further forward, but it is important for clubs and national team coaches to get along. So that is definitely an option. Um, so that's a really interesting situation. You know, the absences up front might not just be 
uh, limited to uh, McCune. I think I just said it wrong that time. Um, so I, I apologize to her. I am trying to get it right. It, the other absence here might be uh, Ashley Hatch apparently did travel. Uh, Richie said that there's going to be a fitness test early tomorrow slash today, the game day of the game. Basically, that ankle mentioned, uh, it limited her. It was kind of com- compromising her range of movement a little bit. Richie said that her movement in training, doing some physical, um, just some loosening up, that kind of thing, it, it was maybe not so good. Um, he said it was made him a little nervous, but I think they saw enough that they at least were like, well, it's improving enough that we can get her on the flight uh, and at least give it a look. So it, it doesn't sound like starting is necessarily in her uh, range right now, especially when you think long-term as the spirit tend to do, they tend to not want to start players that are carrying a little something if they don't have to, but it does kind of put them in a difficult spot because when you look at the rest of the squad, you've got not that many attacking players. And so it's probably going to be Trinity Rodman at center forward again, which in turn limits the option of, you know, if you if you play Takarada at center back, then Kumi Yokoyama is pretty much dead set on uh, starting front line role at that point because of who will be available and who won't be available. So it's an interesting uh, situation. It's a it's a it's only two players, possibly three that are missing from last week's squad. But it, it's interesting how we went from, wow, how are all these pieces going to fit together? There's so many good players to wow, who's going to play up front because we're missing so many people. It happened very quickly. So it seems like it's just a short-term situation. Some of these players will be back uh, for the home opener against the Houston Dash. Some of these players, I hope, will be, in the case of Hatch, I hope will be recuperated uh, in time to to play more of a role in that one. But it is a challenge for this Louisville game. The other thing I'll point out about Louisville is something uh, just a little dynamic to watch with the way they set up Savannah McCaskill playing the 10 for them, but she doesn't play it. You you might've noticed Marta, Marta has a ton of freedom, but she spent a lot of time central uh, for Orlando Uh, McCaskill. If you go, if you've got time today, go fire up the first 15, 20 minutes of Louisville's game against Kansas city and watch how often McCaskill is out on the right touchline on the near side of the broadcast and how often Desiree Scott from Kansas City, their number six, chased her out of central midfield and followed her all the way over there. That's not that's not very common. Normally in NWSL, a defensive midfielder isn't getting pulled that far out or doesn't even have the freedom to be pulled that far out. I do not expect the spirit to do to approach that problem in the same way. I think they will prefer their six to stay in the structure rather than getting out of the team shape. But in either case, it puts you it puts you in a difficult position because McCaskill pulls out wide. Now there's an overload on that flank. Now your wide forward has to come back and help out. Maybe one of your central midfielders has to drift over and help out. Um, and this opens up spaces for other things, uh, whether that's a fullback coming forward for Louisville, uh, that a forward now has to choose: do I help do I help on the ball with McCaskill or do I cover the runner? So there is a reason a team would do that. And this is really what they're looking for is um, to have her creating. And on the other side, you've got uh, Yuki Nagasato, who's not really going to play out on the left. It's more 
her role is kind of in I'm doing scare quotes again, but here, but like left winger. She's gonna play pretty narrow, um, both to combine with McCaskill and also she creates a a lane for Emily Fox to overlap on that left side. Um, so that's a it's a dangerous attack. I will say though, I'm not 100 percent sure what we're gonna see out of them up front. Uh CC Kaiser uh is on the injury report, she's questionable. Um, she has been their starter every single game, uh, I think of this entire year, every competitive game, at least of the year. And I'm not entirely sure if she's going to be able to do that. Jorian Bocom replaced her in the last game for the last, uh, she came in in stoppage time. So it seems like she might have the edge there, uh, but they could play Emina Ekic there. They could play Katie McClure, former spirit player who started uh, on the right wing for them against Kansas City. They could move her up front. Shayna Matthews, who was in uniform, uh, another former spirit player that I'm sure everyone's looking forward to seeing get back out there, um, myself included. Uh, She was in uniform for Louisville, but didn't start or didn't appear for them in that game. So you could see her play some number of minutes. I don't know if I don't know her fitness level coming back from having a second kid. She's come back in incredible speed both times but it does still take some time to catch up with uh the rest of the group um but hopefully um you know this being a spirit podcast hopefully she comes back does well maybe waits for her first goal uh until uh a week a week or so later but yeah that is an open question for louisville because we haven't really seen them do anything other than start kaiser up front alone every single time it's been the same formation and it's been her leading the line so uh, that's an interesting dynamic, though. I, I think, you know, especially if it's Bocom, it's going to be kind of the same playing style. They they like to play direct. They like to go early um, with an early ball over the top, similar to the goal the Spirit gave up. Uh, some, something they're going to have to do better at is dealing with that kind of play, both how you defend that ball, but also how you don't allow that ball. If, you know, I know the Spirit center backs, according to Richie, after the game, were not happy with uh, themselves on Orlando's goal but if you look at how that pl- that that played out that sequence the spirit could have also avoided having that long ball from Phoebe McLaren and they could have maybe eliminated her the time she had to measure that pass up because it was a very well hit ball if you pressure her a little bit if you get someone after it or if you just sort of you know make her make her think twice maybe that ball isn't so good so it, it's a little of column a and a little of column b on a ball like that um, one other, uh, I'll close with this, uh, Christy Holly kind of used his subs oddly in that game, only made three, uh, despite it being a game that was kind of, kind of needed some life and they were the home team. This is their regular season debut in front of their home crowd in a new stadium. Maybe he's got good reason. I personally would in that situation would be like, we need some life. I'm going to add more subs to try and give this game a jolt. I'm going to take the risk to try and go get the game. I'm going to be aggressive. He sort of held back in some ways that I thought were kind of odd. Ekic, I mentioned her. She came in from McClure, played right wing, 65th minute. The second sub didn't come to the 82nd minute. It was Taylor Otto from UNC. She's actually played for UNC against the Spirit in a couple preseason games out at the Evergreen Sportsplex, if I'm not mistaken. She came into central midfield in the 82nd minute when it looked, to me at least, like one of their central midfielders needed needed to be replaced for energy reasons 10, 15 minutes earlier. So 
Uh, I am curious if this is a situation with Holly where he's not necessarily ready to trust his bench players, or maybe he is just the kind of coach that doesn't like to make a lot of subs. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that one. I'm also not too sure, you know, we are, we're still very early in the season. It's small sample size. Maybe this was just a one-off. Maybe he switches it up uh, for the spirit and uses all five. Who knows? Maybe we'll even see the quintuple sub, uh, though I hope not. Those are hard for me to take notes on. Uh, and on that uh, obsequious and ridiculous note, I'm going to end this incomplete episode. Again, uh, I will have a full episode speaking to a player, uh, probably another guest as well. Uh, I haven't lined that up yet, but I will be lining that up either day of game for for you. It's still technically tomorrow um, for me um, or over the weekend. But yes, that'll be ahead of that game against the Dash on Wednesday, Segra Field. Uh, I will see you folks there. It is a haul, so I should probably be leaving very soon, but I know for a lot of you, it's the same case. Uh, so stay safe out there. We all, I know how difficult it is to grind it out in a weeknight rush hour traffic to get all the way to Leesburg if you're not already there. But yeah, I will see you folks there that they've sold out the the stadium for that one. So that's really cool. And now on that note, uh, I'm going to actually finish the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, next one will be a full episode, I promise. For that episode, for all the full episodes, as well as this specific incomplete episode, uh, the website is plexweather.pinecast.co. Every episode is there, whether they are complete or not. The Twitter account, at plexweather, all one word. Give us a follow. Give us, meaning me. I'm the only person that has uh, ma- that's manning that account. So if you're sending a tweet to that account, it's to me. <laughs> but I'm going to keep accidentally saying we because I can't switch my brain to get it right. The podcast, you can find it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, If you want to help support the show, there is a link on the show website. I should probably switch when I say these things. Uh, The the Plex Weather website, there's a tip jar link at the bottom. If you want to help support the show financially, that is an avenue you can do that. And I think that's about it. Uh, I've got another... I think I've teased the very strange episode down the road. Uh, It's not too much further down the road. I've got to get a few other players on for it, but I'm chipping away at it. It's going to be fun. So look for that pretty soon as well. And until then, I think that's all I got to say. So I'm going to stop talking.